It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. It was not a fun weekend for BYU football fans, and for good reason. I think the BYU football program inside also is feeling the heat. Is it completely broken? Can it be fixed? We're examining that on a Film Review Monday edition of the podcast, as well as getting you caught up on all the other BYU sports in action this weekend. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's up, everybody? I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. Your, thanks again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you who are everydayers with us here on the podcast, as always. Uh, of course, we are your original daily podcast focused on all things BYU sports, and today's show is brought to you by our title sponsors over at Game Time. Download the Game Time app now, create an account, and use the promo code Locked On College for $20 off your first purchase. All right, let's dive right in. You guys know how we do that are here with us every week on Mondays. We look back at the previous game for the BYU football program and uh, 45-13 was the final for BYU against Iowa State on Saturday night in case you've been living under a rock and just emerged and wondered what happened, but not pretty uh, re-watching this game because a lot of the thoughts I had in our postcast edition of the show still echo and ring true to me after re-watching the game. BYU right now is in a tough spot. There's there's no if, and, or but about it. It's, it's a tough, tough situation that the Cougars are finding themselves in, and they've got to find a way to course correct. Is that going to uh, be easy? No. Is it going to be simple? No. Is it going to happen right away? I don't think so. The, the thing is, this BYU football program uh, has dug themselves into a hole, and it's going to be interesting to see if they can, like I said, uh, get themselves out of it in any way, shape, or form. Now, uh, the start of the game for BYU, just absolute disaster class. Three touches, literally the first three times a BYU player touched the football, they uh, fumbled it, recovered it, uh, threw interception a second time, and then the third time fumbled it away on the uh, the ensuing kickoff. It's just it, it's a masterclass in the first of under four minutes of this ball game. BYU turned it over twice and spotted Iowa State ten nothing, and frankly never really recovered from that. There's the principle of kiss, keep it simple, stupid. And I, I'm not trying to call anybody out on this, but it felt like that interception set the tone for the entirety of this game. Because Jake Retzloff, I'm sure it was a pre-snap read. He probably had seen it in practice running against BYU scout team defense. He thinks, you know what? Cody Epps, he's got that intermediate route. It can pick up a first down. But meanwhile, he's got Isaac Rex underneath who is wide open all alone and can pick up four or five yards. Sometimes... Just sometimes you got to check it down. And like I said, the kiss principle is what you got to take advantage of. It's unfortunate because that he did not see that linebacker flowing right into that space there for Iowa State. And he pays the ultimate price with that interception. So it's a tough, tough situation. 
Then, on the ensuing kickoff, uh, Ray Paulo decides he wants to play the hero and run with the football and try and pick up some yards. I get the thought process, and I'm, I'm guessing that he is given the green light to do that. But if you watch the play unfold, he is carrying the ball like it's a chicken wing. It's just out here, flowing. It's, it's the loaf of bread formula. Uh, I never played a skill position when I played football. I'll be very, very honest about this. But the one thing I did know about skill positions was you keep that ball high and tight against the body so that way it can't get punched out. It gets punched out. Iowa State gets the football back. And to BYU's defense's credit, they got a stop and they kick a field goal, go up 10-0. But they never really recovered after that because as BYU did, I'm looking at my notes I wrote down on my phone here after I was rewatching the game. Tough, tough situation. Now, the cleat situation BYU found themselves in. I didn't notice it till the second half, but rewatching this game, guys were slipping and sliding all over the turf at Lavelle Edwards Stadium the entire game. It started in the first quarter. The thing is, I am wondering what BYU equipment did to fix that because sure didn't seem like anything in-game happened. And BYU's playing at home. They have got, I, you all have seen it on social media, they have a room full of cleats that they are very, very proud to show off when they have uh, athletes come through on recruiting visits. And they could have sent guys down the street if they needed to, or in theory should have already had other cleats on hand to switch them out for the guys in-game. Were guys not willing to switch their cleats out in-game? Were they not told to? But the the slipping and sliding, the, the, the attention to detail for the BYU football program is lacking right now. That's a very simple thing. Let me be very frank that the slipping and sliding with your cleats, it did not uh, play a major role in the outcome of this game. They probably still would have lost this game uh, even if they had good traction. They were just that far under it uh, at, at points in this game. But it's one of those simple things that you can make a, uh, you make a change. At halftime, I've seen it with NFL teams. Players will go in at halftime and switch out. They'll add uh, studs to their cleats. They'll uh, get new cleats on. They'll they'll fix the issue. It was not fixed. BYU equipment needs to answer for th- answer for that issue. It's just like I said, it goes to the attention to detail factor for BYU right now. Third down, still a major major issue for the Cougars. BYU finished that game one of eleven offensively on third downs. You are not going to win football games when you uh, are converting less than ten percent of your third downs. Conversely. On defense, they gave up 8 of 14. That was 6 of 8 in the first half and 6 straight at one point, third down conversions, as Iowa State made the second uh, quarter just absolutely their uh, playground against BYU. Third down conversions didn't matter if it was 3rd and 4, 3rd and 7, 3rd and 9, 3rd and 10. They found ways to convert and was just absolute backbreaker type stuff for this BYU defense. The third down stat, the coaches appointed to it time and time again, it remains maybe the key point for BYU in this game outside of the turnover margin for any type of success that BYU hopes to have and maybe might not have the rest of the season because the Oklahoma Sooners, wow, are they good. All right. Other things, uh, BYU defensively. I, I looked at this, and this this is this is just kind of a microcosm of the fact that BYU needs a major influx of talent, particularly on defense, to run Jay Hill's scheme. At one point, BYU's second string defensive line consisted of two former walk-ons, one two-star athlete, and a junior college transfer. That was the second string defensive line for BYU in this game against Iowa State. Now. 
Have the Has the depth chart been thinned at defensive tackle in particular due to injury? Yes. Defensive end has also been hit due to injury with some of their backups. But when it's two former walk-ons, a two-star athlete, a former two-star athlete, and then a guy who's a former junior college, he was an All-American, speaking of David Latu, uh, but I think he was rated mid-three-star, I think, uh, according to 24-7 Sports. BYU needs a major influx of talent. And if they want to run this defense that Jay Hill has put on the football field, because when they've had all of their quote-unquote studs out there, they've been very, very good at times. But the problem is it's, it's, it's really, really thin with their top top athletes out there. And that that is a major, major concern that BYU's got to answer for. Now, there's another point I, I noticed in this game defensively that I thought it might have been tipping a little bit against West Virginia, but I saw it. I felt like it, the, the proverbial straw that broke the camel's back. We're going to talk about that here in just a moment. Now, a word on our friends over at Game Time real quick, though. Game Time is here for you, my friends, no matter what events you might be looking forward to going to, whether it's BYU sports, you want to go to a comedy show, concert, you're going to the theater, no matter what it is, Game Time has got the answers for you. You shouldn't have to worry about when you're buying tickets to your next big event. Game Time is fast and the easy way to buy tickets to all the sports, music, comedy, and theater events near you. They have killer last-minute deals, all-in prices, views from your seat inside the app and their best price guarantee they make uh, they, they take the guesswork excuse me out of buying tickets it's that simple my friends they want you guys to have the best experience possible while not having to stress about how you're gonna get inside the venue you happen to be going to they have deals on tickets right up to the start of the event even an hour after it starts it's the best place to find last minute seats and incredible deals and it's all inside of an app that is simple and easy to use two taps you buy your tickets and you're on your way into the venue the best part is you don't get an email with your barcodes all of your tickets the barcodes and the like are all inside the app There's no having to fumble through your phone to find the barcode to get into the event you're going to. It's an awesome, awesome app. Check it out, my friends. Download the Game Time app today. Create an account and use the promo code Locked On College for twenty dollars off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account, redeem the promo code Locked On College. That's L O C K E D O N C O L L E G E for twenty dollars off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price guaranteed. Today's show is also brought to you by our friends over at UCCU. The Learn and Earn feature inside the UCCU mobile banking app is paying your entire family to learn about money, my friends. All of us want to be smarter when it comes to our finances and knowing more about money because you want to make your money work for you. Well, Learn and Earn can help you guys do that breaks financial topics down into fun, bite-sized educational games featuring quizzes and trivia. And every time a family member completes a topic, you earn points that accrue and can be redeemed for gift cards to stores like Amazon, uh, Apple, Sephora, Walmart, Nike, and many, many more. There's age-appropriate content for every member of the family who can compete against one another and track your progress on leaderboards. Have some fun along the way. The more you play, the more you learn. Of course, the more you learn, the more you earn. And it's all available inside the UCCU mobile banking app, so you literally can play it anytime, anywhere. You've got some downtime. So Take advantage of it now, my friends. That's Learn and Earn, part of UCCU's UCCU's award-winning Be Money Smart Youth Banking Program, helping kids, teens, and parents have fun while becoming more financially literate together. It's all courtesy of your friends over at UCCU. Love where you bank. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you for being everydayers with us here on the podcast. Hope your Monday is off to a flying start. Hope you're having a fantastic day whenever you hear this. All right, so... I talked about something I noticed against West Virginia, and I thought I, I, I noticed it, but I was wondering, okay, can they respond to this? And what it is, 
is that during the back half of the 2022 season for BYU defensively, remember, things were off the rails. Elisa Tuiaki had tendered his resignation. Uh, Kalani Satake had stepped in uh, to help with the game plan. He was calling plays in-game. He was helping out the defense while just getting him through the season. During the 2022 season, BYU's defense eventually became what I like to call freelancer central. And what I mean by that is players were trying to make plays outside of their responsibilities. Now, is it completely broken in this instance for BYU? No, I do think that Jay Hill can get these guys back on the same page. I, at least I hope he can. But the issue right now is it feels like too many guys are trying to do two or three other guys' responsibility. And, that, and what that indicates is there is a lack of trust. Now, Kalani Sitake lifted the lid on this in his post-game press conference when he said that guys aren't buying in. They're not, they're not believing in the scheme. They're not, they're not doing their responsibilities. Too many guys, I feel like, have reverted back to how things were under Elisa Tuiaki and Ed Lamb on BYU's defense and not trusting that Jay Hill has coordinated high-level defenses, albeit at the FCS level at Weber State, and has gotten success there. Far too often in this game, BYU just simply lost contain, flowing way too hard, play side, linebackers, defensive ends, cornerback safeties, you name it. Every single one of them was bouncing to the inside. All Iowa State had to do was outflank them to the outside, and you saw them go off to the races multiple times. And this started early on in this football game. There is a fundamental, it feels like, lack of attention to detail from BYU's defense right now. They need each player on this defense simply to focus on doing, as they often talk about, doing your 111th. That is what you need to focus on as a BYU defender. Not worrying about whether the guy next to you on the right or left is going to do their job. You do your job, and you got to have the trust that those guys are going to do their job. The question I have is if those guys aren't trusting their teammates, the coaches may need to step in and essentially tell guys, all right, if you're not going to do your responsibility, there's the sideline. Go sit on it. You need to find guys who are going to go out there and accomplish their responsibility and not, like I said, try and freelance and try and cover up for two or three other guys because there's a fundamental lack of trust inside this unit. It's a killer. It's absolutely killing BYU right now. Now, I do have a question of why I did not see Ciale Acera playing until the second half of this game, albeit I might have missed it in my film review, but I'm fairly certain that the young freshman middle linebacker, who I think is a future star for BYU defensively, did not play until the second half. Was that due to disciplinary issues? Was it simply due to the scheme? I don't know. But Harrison Taggart, uh, Max Tooley, A.J. Vongpachan took the vast majority of the linebacker reps in the first half, and I saw them time and time again flow way too hard, bite on fakes, and just get absolutely lost in the scheme. Ciala Sarah came in in the second half, and albeit it was garbage time at that point when I saw him pop up on film. But this is a young man. If there's one thing that I, I can point to that Ciala Sarah does very, very well is he gets to his run fits, and he does a good job slowing down the rushing attack. Did BYU see something on film that spooked them, that thought that Ciala Sarah couldn't get the job done, maybe in coverage? I don't know. But that is a kid that I, I watch him play, and he is assignment sound. You need 11 guys like him. The problem is I'm not seeing more than a handful who are actually like him and doing just their assignment and doing it to the best of their ability. There are too many guys, too many upperclassmen on this defense who are trying to cover up for too many other people, and it is crippling and just, just downright uh, killing BYU's chances on getting stops on any uh, particular down. It, it, it's disappointing. It is really, 
really disappointing because Jay Hill came in with a message that he was going to get these guys into position to succeed. And this was a defense member against Texas. They held, they more than held their own against a vaunted Longhorns defense. This is a team that is, uh, that had bounced back defensively time and time again against the likes of Arkansas early on the season. They battled admirably against Kansas and the like. What happened? What what broke them? What happened during the bye week when they came out against TCU? They got absolutely just uh, crushed by Josh Hoover. I, I wish I had a good answer for you guys, but it's popping up on film, and it's only getting worse right now, and that's a major concern for me right now for the Cougars. Uh, now, I, I will say this. Uh, I did think the BYU's offensive line, <laughs> despite... Everything that's gone on this year, BYU's offensive line, I thought, played one of their better games in terms of just the, the five linemen out there on the football field. And I think a lot of that goes to the continuity they had built amongst the five that played the, I think it was the vast majority, if not all, the snaps for BYU on Saturday night. That's Kingsley Suomati at left tackle, Paul Miley at left guard, Connor Pay at center, uh, Waylon Lapuaho at right guard, and then obviously Braden Kime at right tackle. I thought the offensive line was okay. I'm not saying they were great, because nobody, frankly, was great in this game. But I thought BYU's offensive line was not the the key uh, weakness in, in this game in particular. I actually thought they performed all right. Uh, Jake Retzloff's reads, poor. Uh, when you go 10-27, that's that that's not going to get it done. And it reignites the debate. Can they get Keaton Slovis healthy? And can he help BYU in any one of these two remaining games that they are guaranteed? We'll see. They said that he was having a hard time gripping the football two weeks ago. They said that he was able to make some throws last week in practice in the lead-up to the game against Iowa State. He was not in pads against West Virginia. He was in pads against Iowa State, and they have said that he was available in an emergency situation against the Cyclones. If he continues to progress, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I want to say that you keep Jake Retzloff doing his thing, but... 10-27, that's not giving you really any chance. And especially after the first half when Jake Retzloff had more rushing attempts, it was uh, I, I said nine in-game, I think it was actually eight rushing attempts in the first half and then he only had six passing yards. When your rushing attempts alone are outdoing uh, your passing yards in, in any certain uh, time period in a football game, it's not good as a quarterback. So I think it reignites that debate. Can Keaton Slovis get cleared? Can he get back on the football field? And can he offer something to BYU while Jake Retzloff continues to develop his game? We'll see. Uh, good to see Isaac Rex get some extra targets across the middle. Uh, Isaac Rex, for me, was my offensive player of the game. You don't break an all-time re- uh, program record. I know it was in a loss, but to go and break a college football Hall of Famer and Gordon Hudson's career mark for touchdowns by a tight end in BYU history, that's pretty impressive stuff and a tip of the cap to Isaac Rex. He has been uh, a guy who has talked time and time again that he'll do whatever it takes for this BYU football program to succeed on the football field. He he doesn't take exception to not being targeted as often as I'm sure he would like to. He is a guy who just goes out there and does his job. Is he perfect at it? Absolutely not. But it was awesome to see him get that career mark. He'd been waiting on uh, breaking that record for quite some time, and it's a well-deserved honor. Defensive player of the game for me was Crew Wakely. Uh, I know BYU's defense, I just talked about the fact that they have too many guys trying to freelance. Crew Wakely was very, very good in this game. I was impressed with his ability uh, to make up for some of the missteps and just over uh, overplay, I guess I should say, from the players around him. I thought he was very, very good on a, a tough, tough night for BYU defensively. So those are my two uh, players of the game. And then the final uh, note for me is that looking forward now to Oklahoma, 
they've got to get back to basics here for BYU. I I, I don't know what it's going to take for them to figure out what, anything that's going to be cohesive enough to have any prayer of going and getting a win over Oklahoma. By the way, our friends at FanDuel have BYU as a 23.5-point underdog at home against the Sooners. Whew, it's been a minute since I have seen BYU that far of, as an underdog in uh, their home stadium, which, by the way, 23.5, you add the typical three that you get as a home team, that means that the odds makers think that BYU is roughly a four-touchdown underdog to Oklahoma right now. That's not pretty, and it's going to take a lot of work for BYU to have any hope of hanging around in that game, but they got a week to get it figured out, and I hope that they can find some answers because if they don't, it could get a lot worse before it gets before it gets better for the BYU Cougars, and that's, that's kind of a scary proposition to consider if you're a Cougar fan. All right, so uh, there you go. That's my film review. What I took away from BYU's loss to Iowa State, like I said, it was not pretty. A lot of my feelings remain intact from what I talked about in postcast. It's disappointed. Uh, feels like I got fooled uh, by BYU, by them talking a big game and then not showing up. But nonetheless, they have an opportunity to redeem themselves once again. They still have two more opportunities on paper to get that elusive sixth win. They could still get to 500 on the season, above 500 for a week if they were to beat Oklahoma in crazy fashion this week. But they've got a lot of work in front of them, and we'll see how it pans out as the week progresses. All right, uh, coming up here in just a minute, we'll finish out today's edition of the podcast. It was a busy weekend in other BYU sports. A number of you probably saw BYU getting that thrilling win in basketball over San Diego State, the 17th-ranked Aztecs falling at the Marriott Center. Also some good showings for BYU men's and women's cross countries. They punched their tickets to the national championships this week and also BYU women's volleyball. And number uh, one seed BYU soccer uh, getting a win as well. We'll talk about all that here momentarily. A real quick word on our friends over at Jace Medical. Now, Jace Medical has got an awesome thing for you guys. We all know that the world's going a little bit crazy right now. We all know this. Uh, There are uh, nations invading nations. We've got uh, terrorist attacks, all kinds of stuff going on, supply chain shortages and the like. No matter what is going on, you want to have peace of mind. And one thing I feel like you guys can have peace of mind with is with Jace Case. And what it is, Jace Case provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use. All it takes to get a Jace Case is to fill out a simple online form and in some cases jump on a quick call with one of their board-certified physicians uh, to get you taken care of. Get ongoing care from those physicians on any treatment-related questions. And they also are, it's doctor-created and doctor-recommended. It's an incredible uh, thing to have in your emergency storage. A lot of us want to, like I said, want to have that peace of mind out there. Go online at Jace Medical right jacemedical.com and place your order for your Jace case today. The best part is you can customize it to your needs. You can tell them, okay, I need X, Y, and Z antibiotics or whatever uh, medications you happen to need, and they will customize it to you guys. And the best part is you can use the promo code Locked On for $20 off at Jace Medical as well. Uh, they will handle everything for you guys from online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. It's all courtesy of your friends at Jace Medical, J-A-S-E medical.com. Once again, use that promo code locked on for that peace of mind with our friends at Jace Medical. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars a part of your day, everybody. Hope you're having a fantastic Monday. Uh, And uh, I think BYU basketball 
got a huge win on Friday, and it got muted simply due to the fact that BYU football uh, just overshadowed it. And it's disappointing. I I get that. But BYU basketball cannot be ignored with what they accomplished against San Diego State. I went into that game uh, with BYU basketball on Friday night thinking, okay, this is the the national runner-up a year ago in San Diego State, albeit they had some turnover on the roster. We get all of that. But they, BYU, speaking of BYU men's hoops, they proved themselves. They they showed something to me that I was very, very impressed with. And what it was is kind of conversely to BYU basketball right now, they're playing with a lot of what I like to term metal or grit or just tenacity. They stick together as a team right now. I talked about just a little bit ago BYU uh, football. Too many guys freelancing. Uh, well, this BYU basketball team did it as a team. Dallin Hall came up big. 16 points in the second half of his 18. A game-high 18 for BYU in this one. And a huge win for the BYU uh, basketball program. You want to know how I know BYU is still a football school? Is because when you get a nationally ranked win over a, uh, a national former national runner-up in basketball... It feels like it got uh, almost just like uh, overwhelmed by the response to BYU football. Now, football season is still ongoing, and BYU basketball will take on a bigger role as the sports calendar progresses. But uh, for anybody saying that BYU is basketball school, I, I just point you to this past weekend and kind of show you the reaction to the two different sports. It's nothing against BYU men's hoops. They're still a very good product out there, and they have a big week ahead of them, obviously, taking on Southeast Louisiana Wednesday night as well as Morgan State Saturday. Uh, so looking forward uh, to how they perform. Hopefully they will avoid a letdown, pick up two more wins, run their record of 4-0. They've got a very home-heavy non-conference slate, and there's an opportunity for BYU to have a pretty darn good record uh, come Big 12 conference play. And it's going to be a dogfight once they get into conference play, but pile up the wins now if you're BYU hoops. Now, other notes are for you guys. A BYU women's soccer got a good win on Friday night They're in their own right as they dispatched Utah State 2-0 in the first round of the NCAA tournament. Uh, the Aggies, the Mountain West champs, obviously had beaten BYU, handed them their lone loss of the season, or their first loss of the season, I should say, up there in Logan. Uh, the Cougars were out for blood, it felt like, in this one, and they, they pummeled Utah State. Now, had some of these incredible saves, not happened for Utah State from their goalkeeper. This could have been a lot worse, but it was a thorough 2-0 win for BYU Women's Soccer. They are back home this week, hosting the next two rounds of the NCAA tournament. They will take on 8th seed USC on Thursday night. It'll be at 7 o'clock Mountain Time at Southfield. The Trojans advance to this round of the playoffs via a 1-0 victory over Grand Canyon. So best of luck to Jennifer Rockwood and her team as they get ready for that matchup. Uh, the third-ranked BYU men's and women's cross-country programs, yes, both of them ranked number three in the country, uh, punched automatic tickets uh, to the NCAA championships this week. Uh, congratulations to the men's team finishing number two behind number one-ranked Northern Arizona. As they noted, uh, this is the third time this season that BYU ranked number three has finished in second place behind the Lumberjacks. Uh, the NAU Lumberjacks, by the way, are like this dynasty in uh, men's cross-country right now, but a good showing for both teams all the same. The women's team uh, had a really, really good showing in their own right. So uh, they are headed uh, to Earliesville, Virginia for the NCAA Cross Country Championships. This week it's at the Panorama Farms. They'll be on November 18th if you want to tune in. Hopefully uh, they both can uh, uh, have good showings, if not win outright national titles. It'll be fun to see BYU do that later this week. And then the final note I got for you guys on today's show is BYU Women's Volleyball enjoyed a very successful weekend down in Orlando, uh, getting back-to-back sweeps over UCF. The 12th-ranked Cougars have just 
just one home match remaining. That comes up this Friday as they welcome in number 14-ranked Kansas. It'll be senior night for BYU women's volleyball, and they'll finish up the season on the road uh, the following week. But a big opportunity for BYU to finish the season strong, and uh, no better opponent to have on senior night than a nationally ranked foe in the Kansas Jayhawks. I'm looking forward to that, but a good weekend uh, for BYU women's volleyball on the hardwoods out there at UCF. So, there you go. That's what I got you for you guys on a Monday edition of the podcast. You guys got thoughts, concerns, comments, whatever you got for us. I'd love to have them. Drop them in the uh, comments below here on YouTube. Uh, drop us a note uh, via email, lockedonbyu at gmail.com. You can email us. Uh, you also can send us via social media, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Reach out to us, Locked On Cougars, on all three of those platforms. And if you're, uh, I guess I should say X, if you're uh, listening to this, I'm going to see if I can point this right. Uh, that's my uh, handle on X, formerly known as Twitter, Jacob C. Hatch would uh, be happy uh, to solicit any and all responses you guys have got for us uh, based on today's show. So there you go. That's it. Uh, appreciate all of your support as always. Uh, you guys have been absolutely phenomenal. We've got a great, great group of people uh, hanging around the podcast, great community. Uh, I've got a really cool thing I am looking forward to. Hopefully we'll announce this tomorrow. It's a great way if you guys want to have even more interaction with myself. It's a way to get you and I essentially one-on-one conversation via text means. And we'll talk about what that is. And hopefully, like I said, I'll have the I'll have it all set up, be able to announce that for you guys tomorrow and uh, get it up and rolling. But until then, thank you once again for making Locked On Cougars your first listen of the day. Thank you to all of you, once again, who are everydayers as well. And until we get back together on a Tuesday edition of the podcast, have a great rest of your day, my friends. This has been the Locked On Cougars podcast. See ya. Hey, Prime members. You can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.